0: Good day, everyone. It's my uh, honored privilege once again to bring this message to you. I'm having a hard time to pin down what the message is going to look like today because there just seems to be so much that's going on in my spirit at the moment. But uh, before we go there, then maybe let us just pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the day that you have made. Father, even all the things that you have allowed us to experience in this week. Because Lord, those things that we have gone through have brought us this far. Because Lord, we have seen your sustaining hand that has kept us. And Father, how you've opened our eyes and just our communication, God, has taken such a beautiful turn that truly we can see that when we begin to see ourselves as the sons of the living God operating in our Father's vineyard, that there's so much satisfaction not when we seek our own will, but when we want to see your will being done on the earth. And so I pray, Father God, for those that will be listening to this message, that God, you will quicken in their spirit, man, the need of the conversation that we need to have with you. Lord, not when we're looking for sermons, when we're not looking for anything special, but when we're looking for you, when we have a need to have an audience with you. And so I pray, Heavenly Father, this afternoon, O God, that you would touch each and every person, Father, that would listen to this message today. Father, somewhere along the line that we will be able to encourage them that the job is not done until Father God says so. And so I pray, my Father, this afternoon, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, you will be with us today as we go through certain thoughts that you have provoked in our spirit that I want to share with your people this afternoon. I bless God that you pray that you will bless your word. You will bless those that would hear what the voice of God is saying in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, even as you sit and listen to just a short word of encouragement. And uh, if you didn't listen to last week's one, where we entitled the message, The Fight Is Not Yours, I really would urge you to go back and just listen. And uh, I think from the time we started recording our messages and sending them out in this way. There's just been a, a building that has taken place, you know. There's been a thought pattern that, has se- that seems to flow. And I would urge you and encourage you that just look back and uh, see how we can grow together. Because at the end of the day, it is about growing the church of Jesus Christ not growing this particular uh, church it is the impartation of grace which we must become cognizance that what we have received we have freely received therefore we must freely give it out so I will encourage each and every person that uh, develop this relationship with God I have here that I I wrote this some time ago that I've realized that one can share a most profound insights into the heart of God. You know, the messages can be, wow. But if Jesus is a far distance from your heart, your relationship with him is strained. Circumstances have made, you, made it difficult for you to trust him. Maybe you've been disappointed. Someone in the church, they gave you a word and uh, seemingly God didn't answer that word. I just find it difficult to forgive. You just find no peace around you whenever you hear somebody's preaching, you are looking for that mistake that happened to you. And then you want to cut off. The reality of the gospel will always sound like fantasy at times. For the word to Take root in your heart. You have to make yourself available. If you've been hurt by man, maybe it's someone you trusted. Maybe shut down that relationship and simply look to God and ask him. He is a personal God. Speak with him. I'm finding not so much pleasure in spending time in prayer, even though I'm constantly in prayer, but I'm finding more fulfillment at the stage, just having a conversation with God. Sometimes, uh, well, I'm no singer, but when I sing, sometimes I mix all the songs together and make one song. But that's my way of communicating. There's a time when I pray, when I want to occupy my mind. I said to you, I think last week or the week before, that we had to make a conscious decision not to listen to the news. Because everything that you are hearing right now, it is disappointing. Very disappointing people that you trusted with all of your heart, they've let you down over and over again. So I've said, decided to change the environment around you. As I said, my environment at that time was television, so I switched it off. And I let Jesus come into my life. I asked him to hear my prayer. Because I know he's always waiting for me to invite him to come into my life. And I'm asking my next step is to come and sup with me, not just a conversation, but that he comes closer. Then we can speak. I don't want him saying. I want him to have a conversation with me. He can tell me. But sometimes telling is always on an instructive manner. You will do this. But when we sit down and have a conversation, when he speaks, so much more encouraging. So I just feel sometimes that it is in the deepest of crises that we find ourselves in a place where we can turn to God. I was reminded once again in this week of the disciples who walked with Jesus. And they were proactive in some of the things they were doing. Jesus um, um, coming to, was it Samaria? And the Samaritans uh, would say to Jesus, no, 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 don't come uh, to us here. We don't want you here. And James and John, the sons of thunder, They came to Jesus, they said, uh, Jesus, do you want us to set this place on fire? And Jesus said, no. You don't know what you are all about. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy, but he came to seek and to save that which was lost. I am here to mend the, the, the brokenness. I want to bring together. And so... Be careful, be careful what advice sometimes you hear. You need to know who you are about, what you are all about, what is is your core, core mandate, what God has called you to be. If he has not called you to reconcile man back to God, then I would ask you to go back to him again and ask him, Lord, why am I breathing your fresh air? What am I supposed to do? If what you are doing does not bring you satisfaction, you need to ask God, what is my lot in this? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do that I can enjoy doing? That when I come into your presence, I can relax. I can be at peace. I can uh, 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 enjoy having a conversation with somebody about Jesus. And then you see uh, Peter So jealously guarding Jesus. I mean, uh, 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 James and John, they were so, uh, wherever uh, Jesus had gone up to this point, he was accepted, the people will hear. It was, yes, the religious folks always pushed him out of the way. But that was okay. But they came to this uh, city and they thought, okay, these people need Jesus. And when they see that uh, Jesus wasn't accepted because of their way of life, they didn't want to change. You know, some people don't want to change. They want to stay in their squalor so that they can complain. You find people that complain a lot. They don't want to change. People that when they pray, they ask God to see things through their own eyes. They want to see God doing what they want him to do. They don't come and say, Lord, what is your will for my day today? It is God. You need to do this because, you know, I've decided I want to do this here. So you need to come along and just bless it. And, of course, God will not answer that nonsense. And then frustration comes. And then God gets blamed for it. But moving along to Peter... Peter was uh, ready to take them on, Papa. He, they, Peter was ready to take them on. You know, you, you know when uh, 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 when Jesus said, uh, you know, I am going to be uh, led to the slaughter, Peter said, hey, wherever you go, Jesus, I'm coming with you. I am ready to die with you. Yes, Peter meant it. He meant it, he meant it. You you saw when uh, Jesus was arrested, his sword was ready. He simply just cut the ears off. You are these things that don't hear, come off. Of course, Jesus would put it back because an ear, it's a critical part of the body because your hearing is valued before God. And so their love for Jesus was demonstrated by many of his disciples. But when Jesus was crucified, he was buried. Disappointment hit the disciples like no other. Peter would say, Hey guys, I've had my share of this here. I'm going back fishing. And I simply understand that many, many are disappointed with what we have been f- preaching to them. Sometimes we say words because we think they, they sound so wonderful. But the reality is... Sorry about that. Oh, shush. The reality is this. If you have not heard what Jesus had been saying before his crucifixion to the disciples, disappointment should not have been necessary. Peter should never have said, I'm going fishing. He was disappointed because they expected that Jesus had come as a savior. He had come to... uh, to bring in a new order. They were looking for a political solution. And Jesus hadn't come to provide a political uh, uh, change, a change of government. He hadn't come for that. He had come to introduce the government of God upon the earth. And so, depend when you read scripture, when you read your Bible, what are you actually looking for? Are you looking for uh, a plan for your life, what God will have you to do? Or are you looking for that which will contain you until you get to heaven? Are you looking for that narrow gate that you can just squeeze through and just make it? That's why we can sing, bam belela, bam, you know, just hanging on, just hanging on. But Jesus said, I want you to come to my rest. Rest is not uh, desperately holding on. Rest is coming to a place of knowing whose I am. That as long as Jesus has not come upon the earth, physically, his spirit is here. We can communicate with him because he's not bound by distance. He's simply there. And I find, you know, I think I'd like to entitle my message today that uh, build in a time of crisis. Learn to build in a time of crisis. And once again, I'm going to go to 2 Chronicles Chronicles 20. And I find that uh, Jehoshaphat's life uh, seemed like it had come to an abrupt end, or uh, there was, uh, he had lost that purity that he enjoyed with God. There was, somehow he became tainted, and therefore he opened uh, uh, the gates of the enemy to give them the right to come and invade his kingdom. And yet, Jehoshaphat, he knew his walk with God. And so he would uh, pray and ask God uh, many things uh, that he asked. And uh, he would say to God, you know, uh, the, uh, the Amorites and uh, the Moabites. You have said, Lord, we must not destroy them. He said, see now how they come to repay us. You know, sometimes uh, those that you help the most, how they can turn and disappoint you. I'm asking you today, just be disappointed for a little while, but don't stay there. You need to come to a place where you begin to pray for those that have disappointed you, those that have turned their back on you, those that you trusted, those that you put your life into them, they have turned and walked away from you. I'm asking you, as a son of the living God, Don't stay there, because that's not your position. Your position is reconcile man back to God. And reconciling, it means even your worst enemies, even those that uh, have uh, violated every law according to your precept. God is saying, forgive them so that I can restore peace to you. While you are busy hating on them, and being angry with them, your peace is gone. So come back to the peace of God. And this is where had found himself in. He had to come back to the peace of God. And he would uh, say to God, uh, see how they're coming uh, against us. Verse 12, he says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither do we know What to do? I love this. But our eyes are upon you. Child of God, no matter where you have been, what you have done, how you have broken every law of God, do not abandon yourself and think that, oh, now I'm such a bad sinner. Jesus said, I have come for the sinner. I have not come for those that are sick. I have come to heal and, uh, and uh, to mend uh, the broken hearted. Anger would lead you to, uh, to uh, a broken heart. It will lead you to a heart attack. It will lead you to uh, hatred. It would lead you to experience gout and a uh, whole lot of other things that a child of God does not need. To win yourself of uh, Anger doesn't build anything. In fact, it breaks everything that God has installed inside of you. You are carrying too much of God's grace in your life for you to be tainted by the things that you can fix. You need to be fixing. You need to be standing in readiness. Don't be like uh, the the five uh, uh, virgins versus the other five who had uh, waited for the, the bridegroom to come. And when he tarried, it didn't come at the, at the right time that they expected him to come. For in those days, uh, he, he will come in the, in the night. They finally fell asleep. And suddenly they wake up and he is here at the door. He's coming to look for the one that he needs to take with him. But he couldn't take them without uh, uh, seeing them. And therefore they needed to have uh, their lights burning. But their oil had run out. Five were somehow the wiser of the lot. They had reserves, and so they were able to fill their lamps and light the way, and the others would uh, come and say, hey, uh, give us some of what you are carrying. And they would say, sorry, we've already emptied into our lamps. Of course, it speaks of a spiritual uh, dimension, not so much in the natural, but it was a way to be demonstrated of how to wait consistently, not wait for the hour that you want him to come, for the hour that you want a deliverance of what you have asked God for, that you need to stand in your God, stand in your position, having prayed and having done all to stand. Stand on the promise that he who promised never lies. He will always bring his word and cause it to come to pass. If the disciples had just waited, knowing that Jesus said, uh, uh, you, uh, uh, you destroyed this temple, I will build it up in three days. It was a cryptic language, I suppose, at their time. But they should have by that time understood that Jesus done every He had said to them, what is impossible with man, it is possible with God. So they should have been no misgiving about what had happened. But you see, they were looking for a political salvation or a solution. They were under oppression from the Romans. So they needed somebody to come through and save them from the politics of the day. Never understood when Jesus said, you are not of this world. You are in this world, but you're not of it. Don't understand it. But it is for admonition today. That don't give up on God. If things that don't go your way, don't give up on him. Man will make a mistake. I might pronounce something, you know, without fully explaining. Go back to the word and search it out see what I might have left, what maybe it's not finished, what is not fully for you to understand. Some of you might know you need to give me a call and say, Indri, you need to explain this. Don't quite understand what you are driving at. But I just sense today God is saying to each and every one of us, we are valued in his sight, but not valued in, uh, to be parceled off to heaven. He wants you to put God on display because he wants you to be put on display. I've said at this platform that uh, God wants you and I to be director signs. We're not supposed to be drawing men to ourselves. Jesus said, if I'm be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. I think I said to you last week as well that uh, in uh, Exodus 19, God said, I took you out of Egypt. See how I carried you on eagle's wings to bring you to myself. It was not so much to the promised land. The promised land will come. But uh, he, you have to find your rest in Him first, because if you are not fixed, you can get to the promised land. It will profit you nothing. It will profit you nothing. God wants His church to prosper, but many people will say to you, uh, "Riches are um, how they put it—a deception." Riches will take you away from God. Oh, if you fear money and yet you want all the nice things in life, I feel sorry for you. You really, really need then to delight yourself in God because when you are in Christ, money cannot own you. It's only a commodity. You use money. It can't become an idol to you. And so is everything that God has blessed you with. It's not for you to worship that thing. It is for you to use while you journey through this life. But in your journey in this life, you need to have God on your side constantly. You need to have that intimacy with him where you can share your deepest secrets with him. Because you know you're safe with him. You come and share it with me. Sometimes we have a fight. And then I just go and blabber everything that you've been telling me. So humans, humans. You can go so far, no further than that. So be very careful. Be very careful. And I just realized that every crisis that comes against us needs to cause, cause us to learn how to reorganize ourselves. To reevaluate where we are standing with God. And then to refocus on the things that, that matter. The things that are, are designed to move us forward. Even with this lockdown and coronavirus, whether it is the reality or is it some figment of somebody's imagination, I don't know. But all I can say to you, the word of God has uh, an answer to everything that you might go through. So it is better to learn how to prepare ourselves in a crisis. When the crisis comes, we do not fold and say, oh, woe is me. No. A crisis is supposed to uh, uh, cause me to examine myself. How do I stand with God? What is my position spiritually? You know, do I value my relationship with God? Do I value my relationship with uh, those that are around about me? You know, I find it bizarre at times when you hear husband and wife don't talk. They sleep in separate uh, bedrooms. I don't know. Maybe it's all possible. But y'all find it difficult to swallow. And then they will say they are Christians. I wonder if you've asked God to change the situation around you. Too much times we say, Lord, change him or change her. But maybe it's time to say, Lord, change me. Change my heart. Change the lenses through which I see this person. Help me to change. Perhaps if I change, things might not be the same, but my God, I can live in peace. You need to come to that place where you can live in peace. Ah, oh, we need to prepare ourselves for the next journey. Lockdown is going to end. Coronavirus is going to end. Or as some doctors say, we learn to live with it. We cannot be in hiding forever. I say there, there is potential that is locked up inside of you. And only you can unlock it. And it can only become evident when you begin to believe the word that was spoken to you. Especially those that have had prophetic words spoken over your life. Don't despise it. Maybe you haven't seen it come to pass. It is because you have despised that word. It's because you did not believe when the word was spoken. I know when it uh, prophesied over me that I will, uh, God is calling me into the pastoral, I didn't believe it. Yes, I didn't. But that didn't deter me from uh, trusting God. That whatever, if it, uh, when I got saved in 1982, I said, Lord, whatever does not please you in my life, please take it away. Whatever does not go with my life's journey. If if it is not part of what you have sent to go along with me, I don't need it in my life. Only that which you have sent to be my companion, then I will accept in my life. There were many things that God took away from me. But uh, I had to ask him for that. Because I felt it was of critical importance. And I have just find today that I haven't even got into my message anyway. But uh, I just believe that some of you, you know, I, I look around me, I see people with such great potential. But I see that they are frustrated. They are frustrated because they want to be there when they haven't done the fundamentals The simple thing like, have you forgiven your neighbor? Because it is your neighbor that God wants you to preach to first before you come and preach to the church. But because you're having issues with your neighbor, God hasn't promoted you to preach into the church. You know, you see somebody could come, even uh, you, uh, you know you need to witness uh, uh, to them. The signs are all there that you need to witness, but you don't get a word how to break through and introduce the, the conversation so that you can tell them about Jesus. There are some things that we need to fix in our lives. Fix it with him. And then you can enjoy the benefits of being the son of God. Being the son of God. I find in Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter 2, I find a very interesting portion of scripture. And as I said, you know, sometimes when we read the Bible, we read sometimes to find a solution to our immediate challenge. And it could be that God is wanting you to read the Bible with that which is far ahead of you. He simply wants you to impart grace into somebody's life that must stand him in good stead, maybe 20, 30 years time from now. Don't limit yourself to now. Don't be so concerned about your daily bread. We spend so much time praying about our daily bread when uh, 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 we should be praying more about the Lord. What is tomorrow? Who's the next person that I need to impact? Which person that I need to give him the word so that they can be tooled to become your instrument in uh, 50 years time from now. How about us becoming the church that is focused in tomorrow? Don't be like those that say, oh, well, you know, Jesus might be coming back tomorrow, so why should I waste my time investing in in 50 years time? Why? Because you have to. When we got saved in 1982, that's all that we heard. Jesus is coming back soon. There are some that uh, we uh, got saved with. Their first conversation, you ask them, how are you doing, bro?" Hey, things are tough, my brother. Things are tough. Hey, you can see, it's an end time. I think to myself, Lord, they haven't learned a thing. They haven't learned a thing. Jesus said it like this. Nobody knows the time. It is left in the hand of the Father. And he said to Peter, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. He didn't say to Peter, "Ah, don't worry about them. You know, all of us are going to disappear just now. No, he said, feed my lambs. He said, uh, work until I come. He said, I am coming back. I'm coming back for my bride. Coming back for a bride. Oh, Lord Jesus help. But anyway, Paul writes this here to Timothy. You know, he, he writes so so lovingly. He writes so lovingly. He says, uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. He says... He says to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. He found Timothy to be such a son that was so pleasing to him, he remembered him in prayer constantly. And this is why he writes in chapter two verses. I'm just going to read verses one to five. "It's the son that he trusted. He says, "You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me. Among many witnesses, he says, the same you need to commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You therefore endure hardness. You know, that hardness. He said, endure all manner of evil, endure all manner of accusations. All the things that people will throw at you. I know at one time uh, Paul had to say, don't let them despise your youth. Don't uh, let them come and say, oh, you're not uh, a Jew. So you can't tell uh, uh, us about uh, Jewish uh, traditions. He says, don't let that deter you. He says, all I ask of you, impart grace to honorable men Who must in turn impart it to the next generation? He said, my my son Timothy, I want you to learn how to build generationally. Don't concentrate on the one generation and uh, hope to get them to heaven. He says because uh, there's a, a still a way, way ahead that we still need to travel. There are many that still need to be born uh, that uh, need to have a strong message that would be left because when we have a strong message into the body of Christ, they in turn go and impart it to somebody else. They in turn <laughs> impart it to somebody else. The message that Jesus is coming cannot be for, uh, uh, Left behind. Neither can the message that Jesus is here or has given us the mandate to build until he comes. It didn't say stall because I might be coming back next year. Some have seen things that are happening around it. They say, "Oh, oh, the coming of the Lord is very imminent. Depending how he's coming. Maybe he's just coming to inspect the fruit. Maybe he's coming to the fig tree. Maybe he's coming to see, is there fruit in here? And if he doesn't see any fruit, oh. The Bible says we need to be fruitful. We need to multiply. Be fruitful. That's all all is asked for. And uh, verse 3, okay. You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says, no man that goes to war entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man so strives for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strives lawfully. Remember, I think it was four messages back when I spoke about when you pray, There's a legal transaction that takes place. You have an opponent, the accuser, that is waiting to deny you what is rightfully yours. But you also have have to know how to present your case. Then let the advocate, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, can rule on your behalf. It cannot be favoritism. Cannot be. Because then the devil can easily say, well, you favor them. You don't want to become like Job. You don't want that. So learn how to, uh, Paul here says you need to strive legally. You cannot take shortcuts. You cannot go and take somebody else's sermon and make it yours. Because when the enemy comes and tempts you, according to your faith, according to what you preached, and if that word has not taken root inside of you, the enemy will capsize you. You don't need that. We don't need Christians to fail. Too much failure because the church has not been prepared properly. Our foundations has been uh, hearsay. We haven't had uh, a personal experience with Jesus Christ. When you have a first-hand experience with him, there is no devil in hell that is able to take it away from you. It is yours because you have proven that the Lord is good and his mercies endure it forever. So then when I say I come in the name of Jesus, you know the Jesus you're talking about. The enemy can't say, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? You don't want that. You want to come when you say in the name of Jesus. They know that uh, the battalion of heaven is there backing every word that you speak. You speak from authority. Why? Because Jesus said, as I hear the Father speak, so I speak. So as, as I hear the Holy Spirit speak, and so I speak also. Then I know the host of heaven is helping me to bring this message to you. And I know that God, if you'll hear his voice, God will answer every question that you might uh, ask. And he will answer it effectually and effectively. Come to Jesus. Don't say, I am born again, by the way. No, 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 it doesn't matter. Are you born again? Are you reading the word? Are you familiar with uh, what he requires from you? Are you staying in a safe zone and, uh, and just simply saying, Lord, I am yours. Today, what would you have me to do? I know that I have got to go to work, but in, on my way to work, maybe it is just to greet somebody on the, on the roadside. Maybe it's just to wish them a blessed day. You know, there's just some simple things. Some simple things. This morning I had to go to spa. And the first person that I spoke to was the teller that I spoke to. Finished doing our transaction. And as I collected my card from her, I said to her, Have a blessed day, further. That took her by surprise. Because she turned and looked. And she said, oh, thank you so much. I pray that I made a day simply because I wished her well that her day would be blessed. Don't know how she woke up in the morning, what challenges she had, but I had to give her hope in Christ. And that is the simplest thing that each and every one of us trust that even just that will be an encouragement to you. Because the book of of, uh, Micah says those that meet and speak about the things of God God, when he makes crowns he will put them as jewels on his crown. In other words, God will remember you. For you have given water to the least. You have taken care for the least. Easy to go and preach to somebody that might be of benefit to you. But when you encourage somebody that can give you nothing in return, God you safe. Let his word prosper in your mouth. Now, let us receive the emblems this morning. Oh, afternoon, sorry. (laughs) Let's just have communion together. For the Bible says every time we come together, we need to do this. You can't do it once a month. You can't do it as when I remember. It simply says as often as we meet together we should actually as a family get up in the morning before you have your breakfast have communion together. Have communion together. It can't go stale. (laughs) It is a power when you know what it stands for. As you partake May the Lord refresh your heart with the importance of these emblems. In Jesus' precious name, you may partake. Oh, God bless you. Until we meet again next week, As you can see, our background has changed again. We are hoping that uh, maybe in two weeks time, we will have a proper finished product. But I thank God for the men that came out to help us today. Look how quickly it went. And I think I am proud, happy for the end product, but we still got to doll it up. God bless you. We'll keep you informed when the church will resume again. It's getting close. God bless you. Bye.